Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. It is an honor to be able to share with you this Sabbath morning uh, in this, my friend's pulpit. I want to say thank you to Pastor Seth for the opportunity for entrusting uh, me with the sacred space. And um, as I'm sitting there trying to grapple with what how do you even begin on a day like today? It's a day of contrasts, if you think about it. Uh, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of sorrow. Uh, I'm, in a way, celebrating as well. It's my second born's ninth birthday today. There's reasons to rejoice. There's reasons to rejoice. There's reasons to, to grieve. Um, whether we rejoice or we, or, or, or we grieve, we can't go wrong with keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, and um, that's what we want to do today. We just want to focus on Jesus Christ, on him crucified, on his gospel, and in him we continue to find reasons to rejoice, and we find comfort in our grief. I want us to pray together. Is that okay? Let's, let's, let's seek God in prayer. Lord, according to the riches of your glory, we pray that you may grant us strength in our inner being that as we gather together today Lord in worship and as we gather around your word that your presence may be so evident that you may speak into our pain that you may speak into the tensions of life we're not praying for a resolution Lord we're praying for presence and we pray God that when we leave this place we can know for certain that we have been in the presence of a good and holy God we pray this in Jesus name amen and amen I have seen the face of God. I know this sounds presumptuous, right? Who, who comes up and leads a sermon with these words, but I, I'm just being honest with you. I, I tend to be very blunt from the pulpit, and I've just seen the face of God. <laughs> Can I be honest with you today? I, I've seen the face of God. I, I've seen the face of God. I've been face to face with God. I've seen the face of God. I have seen the face of God, Relove. I, I have seen the face of God. And I want to submit to you that some of you have seen the face of God. You've seen the face of God. You didn't realize it was the face of God, but you've seen the face of God. More often than not, the human Race has come face to face with the face of God, face to face with God, but we don't realize it's the face of God. We have seen, I have seen, you have seen the face 
of God. I want you to go to the gospel of Genesis this morning. Let's go to Genesis real quick. I want to explain to you because I, I, I'm getting some confused looks and it's, it's expected, right, for this random Mexican kid to show up in the middle of a Sabbath to your church and just be like, hey, I've seen the face of God. It's not, it's not normal. It's, it, it doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not very logical, right, for some stranger to show up and claim you've seen the face of God. But, but, but I think as we look at the scripture we're going to be covering today, we will see and recognize that we have been in the presence of the face of God. Genesis chapter 30, uh, 32, verses 22 and on, we enter the story of, 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 of this, this wonderful book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. This is where the foundations of our story are being laid down. And right here at the heart of this book, we enter the story of a guy by the name of Jacob. Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 and on reads this way. The same night he arose and took two of his wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else he had. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob, but Jacob, but Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. Then he said, your name is no longer going to be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you want to know my name? And there he blessed them. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. I have seen the face of God. I've seen the face of God. You've seen the face of God. We have seen the face of God. You see, oftentimes, whenever we think of the face of God, we have some preconceived ideas. We have certain understanding, or perhaps our imagination goes wild as to what that could possibly mean. But I want to suggest to you that the face of God can be a troubling place. I've been to the face of God. I have seen the face of God. And though it's easy for us to stand up here and say, Jesus, we want to see you face to face. God, we want to see your face. Do you really want to see the face of God? Because it can be a troubling place. 
Now, I'm a Bible guy, if that, that's okay. I, I like to just dissect the text, and that's what we're going to be doing today. I'm not going to tell you many stories or anything. I just want to stay in the text. Is that all right, Relove? Let's stay in the text. Let's, let's, let's look at this, this guy by the name of Jacob. Let's, let's, let's do a biographical sketch of his life. We know some stuff about Jacob. If you know your Bible, if you're at all familiar with Scripture, you know a little bit about this guy. You know that his name, Jacob, means supplanter. It means someone who usurps, someone who takes someone else's place Jacob by definition is someone who steals someone else's place we know Jacob was a hustler he hustled his brother Esau out of his birthright he was a hustler this Jacob guy he was a deceiver he deceived his daddy Isaac and he got his blessing even though it belonged to someone else he was a hustler he was a deceiver and on top of that we know that he was a liar because at one point they asked him if his wife was really his wife he's like that's not really my wife that's my sister he was a supplanter he was a deceiver he was a hustler he was a liar he was dishonest Jacob this is not the kind of guy guy you wouldn't lend money to this is not the guy you trusted this is not the guy you would bet your life on this Jacob this hustler deceiver he was a liar he was dishonest he was inauthentic he was a two-face this is the Jacob of scripture this is Jacob, the father of the 12. This is Jacob, the father of, of, of an entire nation. This is, this is Jacob, the hustler, deceiver, liar, dishonest. But watch this, watch this. There's more to his story than just that. In order for us to understand this biographical sketch of Jacob, we need to see something that happened just a few chapters before. Let's go to chapter 28 really quick. Chapter 28 of the same gospel of Genesis, the same book, the book of beginnings. I want you to see in chapter 28, there's this description of a moment that Jacob is having when Jacob is having a dream he lies down in the middle of a field he puts his head on a rock and this dream this dream was a vivid dream it was a transformational dream we see here in chapter 28 verse 13 this is what happened and behold in this dream right he's having a dream with a ladder that goes up to heaven and comes down to earth goes up to heaven comes down to earth angels going up angels coming down angels going up angels coming down verse 13 and behold the Lord stood above it and he said I am the Lord the God of Abraham your father and of, and the God of Isaac the land on which you lie I will give to you Jacob you liar you deceiver you dishonest man I will give this to you and to your offspring your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the western and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you Jacob you liar you deceiver you hustler and you and you and you and your offspring shall all the families of earth be blessed watch this watch this Behold, I am with you, Jacob, you, with you, deceiver, with you, hustler. I am with, with you and will keep you wherever you will go and will bring you back to this land. And watch this. Here it is. For I will not leave you until. <laughs> I 
I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. I will not leave you until. I will not leave you until I fulfill my promise in you. So watch this. Yes, yes, yes. He was dishonest. He was a hustler. He was a thief. He was a liar. But Jacob still had a promise. Come on. Come on, relove. You see, this lets me know that you may be a whole mess and still have a promise. You, you, you may have your life in shambles, but you, you may still have a promise. You see, the promise is not contingent on who you are. The promise is contingent on who God is. He was a liar. He was a deceiver, a hustler. He was dishonest, but he had a promise. Something about that struggle. We're back in chapter 32. There's something about that struggle that gets me, gets me. I understand his struggle because watch this. His struggle, this battle that he had with this man, this angel, happened in the middle of the night. The biggest struggle of his life happened in the middle of the night. It happened during a dark moment. And isn't that just how life turns out? The greatest struggles of our lives happen in the middle of the night, during the darkest moment of the night, and it, they happen suddenly. You see, you don't get warning when you get that diagnosis. You don't get warning when you get laid, out, uh, laid off sometimes. Sometimes the trouble just happens. Sometimes the news just hits, and you get very little warning. But what I find fascinating is that the biggest change of his life happened during the darkest moment of his life. Watch this, we love, because oftentimes we miss the fact you see, anyone can do easy. It's easy to give a shout when you got the raises this week. Right? It's, it's easy to give the praise when when the diagnosis went away. Anyone can do easy, but no one changes during easy. No one's life change changes during easy. No, no, one, no one has a transformation moment during easy. Watch this. This is what happens in Jacob's life during the dark moment, during the struggle in the dark moment. Verse 27 says, and he said to him, what is your name? My name is Jacob, he responded. And he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. The, the transformation of his identity happened in the middle of the, of the, of the night, in the darkest moment of his struggle <laughs> during during this pandemic we have become professional sermon watchers <laughs> I told you I'm keeping it real like I, I, I've talked to people in my church not your church your church is perfect. <laughs> I've talked to people in my church. Hey, how's your week? 
you know, we, we got a small talk. How's your week been? Oh, I've been great, great, great. Okay, how's your Sabbath going? Good, good, good. This is going to be my sixth sermon of the day. Why? <laughs> what, what, why are we binging church? Why, why are we binging? The, it's, 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 an, it's become an addiction, right? But, but here, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We think binging church is going to change us. Let me tell you something, we love. A sermon may change your perspective, but a struggle will change your life. You see, the deepest change of his life happened in the middle of the night during the darkest moment of the night. And I want you to see something that is so powerful that we often gloss over as we're looking at this story. There's this confrontation between Jacob and this angel, Jacob and this man. And in the middle of the confrontation, he said to him, verse 27, what is your name? This guy that is wrestling against Jacob asks Jacob about his identity. What is your name? And Jacob responds. My name is Jacob. You see, before he would have said Esau. See, up until this point, he's always pretending to be someone who he's not. This is the first time he owns up to his identity. He, he steps in and is bold and is clear and is, and, is, and is honest about who he is. He calls himself by his name. There is no pretending in the middle of the night. Familia, come on, come on, familia. Listen, 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 listen. What good is your mask in the middle of your struggle? You, you know the mask I'm talking about. That churchy mask you wear around, when people ask you, how are you, and you're, you know you're going through hell and back, and you still say, I'm blessed and highly favored, what good is pretending when cancer hits your home? What good is pretending when you're going through the darkest season of your life? What good is wearing a mask? What good is pretending to be someone that you are not? What I'm learning about this man is that this guy put his mask away. He knew he was in the struggle where his mask did not matter anymore. It didn't work anymore. So right there in the middle of the night, in the darkest moment of his life, he takes off the mask and he keeps it real with God. I think it's high time, church, that we take off the mask, that we can come face to face with our Lord. And yes, you know what, God? I am in the middle of a struggle. I may be dishonest. I may be in shambles. I may be a liar. I may be a hustler. I may be a Jacob. But the moment you remove the mask, now we're, there's, there's a good friend of mine who actually preached here not too long ago. He always says, God can't help the person you pretend to be. He, he, he can't heal the person you pretend to be. And, and, and I sense that Jacob, during this dark struggle, he removes the mask. He comes clean. He says, okay, I'm no longer, no longer going to pretend to be Esau. My name is Jacob. There, there, there's a lot of drama in the story. And, and, and I want to zero in on what I believe to be the meat of the story. I want you to see what happens in that moment of transformation, in that moment when everything changed. Watch, I'm going to read four, four verses here, verse 24 and on. Watch what happens. 
And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? He responded, my name is Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God. Watch this, we love. For you have striven with God and with men and have, what does your Bible say? Prevailed. Listen to me carefully. Your name shall, need, shall now be called Israel, for you, shall, you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. It doesn't say he won. Let me, let me help you out here. How do you win against the invincible God? It doesn't say that Jacob defeated God. It doesn't say that he was victorious over God. It simply says that, it simply says that he prevailed. Jacob did not win. He lasted, church. Come on, come on, come on. Follow me. Follow me here. He did not win. He did not defeat God. He lasted. You see, the battle that he was on was so severe that God actually touched his hip socket and he limped for the rest of his life. That's not an easy, uh, that, that, that's not an easy win for a human when God can touch you and dislocate your hip. It's not that Jacob defeated God. It's that Jacob held on, church. Let, 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 let me help you. See, he says, because you fought and you prevailed. To prevail is not to win. To prevail means to endure. To prevail means to last. It means to stick around. It means not to give up. To prevail is to hold on even when it's easier to let go. So sometimes... When it comes to being in the presence of God and grappling with God, your victory is simply to show up one more day. Uh, you know what? Parenting is wearing me out. I can't even think of 18 years ahead. But I'm showing up one more day. You know, leading in church in the midst of a pandemic, that ain't easy. I want to give up. And I can't even think of six months ahead. But I'm showing up one more day. Pastoring in the middle of a pandemic? Streaming from your office from an iPhone? We all, you know, we don't have the technology y'all have. It's enough to make you want to quit. But you endure by showing up one more day. I got the diagnosis. My cancer came back from recession. 
right now I'm dealing with this and I can't even fathom going through this for the next six months. But here, here's my commitment. I'm showing up one more day. You see, to prevail in the story is not to beat God. It's not to defeat God. It's to simply hold on for one more day. I can't handle my depression. I can't handle my anxiety. I can't even think of going for the rest of my life with this. And I'm not even planning on it. I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to hold on one more day. We have a ministry in our church we call life groups. It's, it's, it's uh, conversation groups. People study the word, study different books. And not too long ago, I got, a, I got a phone call from one of our leaders who said, Pastor Manny, I think we need to have a life group on unanswered prayers. Let, 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 let's see who would want to be a part of a conversation that grapples with God's nose or God's silence. Familia, let me tell you something. That was the f- fastest uh, sign-up we've ever had. It's a, it's, a, it's a conversation that matters to all of us if we're honest. We all have moments where we wonder, God, where are you? I mean, we, we prayed for this, and, and it hasn't happened. We, 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 we fasted about this, and it hasn't happened. We've been begging about this, and it hasn't happened. We've gotten no's, or we've gotten silent. So, so she said, we, we need to have a conversation about this. And, 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 and the group started gathering. But when we were interacting, this leader in our church, this is, this is what she sent me in text message. I want to share this with you, okay? This is a mother who, who has a son, who has a child with cerebral palsy, who has been begging God that he may walk. She's been begging God that he may talk. This, this has been like we've anointed, we prayed, we've interceded, and, and this has been her struggle. It's been one of those unanswered prayers that she's been grappling with. This is the message that she sent me. God has allowed such deep pain in my life so many unanswered prayers. And Pastor Manny, there's a huge population in the church that cannot relate to a prosperity gospel. To the idea that God can and he will because the truth is that it hasn't been the case in our lives. Watch this. It is a difficult journey to remain faithful. Even when God has not performed the miracle, we hoped he would. Do you sense the pain of the mother? But then she ended with this. But many of us choose him anyways. That's prevailing. That's not quitting. She has every reason to leave. But she's saying, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. She's not quitting God. This is what God celebrated in Jacob. This is, this is what made a difference. This was the transformational moment for Jacob. This made him Israel. He held on one more day, one more day. And family, let me just tell you something. You may be going through a season, and it may be overwhelming to think that this is your reality for the next three or six months. Let me tell you something. You don't have to think that far ahead. The way you prevail is by showing up one more day 
more day. Hold on one more day. Show up one more day. Love them one more day. Serve them one more day. It's one day at a time. That's how we prevail. That's where the transformation happens. So, so watch this. I'm, I'm not going to keep you very long. Why? Where did he get the strength to prevail, sister? Like, wh- where, how does one get the resolve, get the kind of grip that makes you hold on to God when you're going through such a dark season? What, what, where, do you, where do you muster up the courage and the strength to hold on? Well, let me tell you something. This is why I believe he prevailed. This is why I believe he held on. This is why I believe he was able to cling to God and not let go. Here it is. Here, are you ready? Here it is. This is how he did it. He remembered he had a promise. Land, offspring, presence. You're going to have land. You're going to have offspring. And I'm never going to leave you. You're going to have land. You're going to have offspring. And I'm never going to leave you. You are the hustler, the deceiver, and the liar. But you're going to have land and offspring. And I'm never going to leave you. And verse 15 of chapter 28 says that God told him in this dream, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. I will not leave you until I have done what I promise you. God is telling Jacob, I will will not leave you until it only makes sense that when they're wrestling Jacob says I will not let you go one of the most disarming moments for a parent is when your child tells you yo dad you promised (laughs) boom gone right how do you contest that How do you push back against your own promise? Well, here in the middle of the night, in the darkest moment, in the moment of struggle, Jacob remembers the until. He remembers the promise. He remembers that land and offspring and presence had been promised to him. He remembers the words of God. I will not leave you until. So Jacob naturally says, well, I will not let you go unless. You see. He was a hustler. He was a deceiver. He was a liar. He was dishonest. He was a mess. But he had a promise. He he struggled in the dark. He struggled with fear. He struggled alone. But he had a promise. Familia, let let me just be honest with you. Over the last year and a half, I think I've gone through the darkest seasons of my life. Like I've been right there in the darkest moment. I mean, you think it's easy to get a pastor and strip him from his congregation and remove the joy of ministry? And now you're stuck in an office broadcasting to three viewers? And all of a sudden, you're removed from the people you love? And as it is, you already struggle with depression and anxiety. Can I be honest with you? 
I wanted to quit. No, 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 no. I didn't say resign. I didn't say resign. I've wanted to quit. No, you're missing me. I've wanted to quit. That's how dark it gets. That's how serious this is. I've been to that place where I've wanted and have entertained quitting. Yes, this minister of the gospel ordained by the Seventh-day Adventist Church has wanted to quit. But here's the thing. I have a promise. And that promise supersedes my darkness. And that promise supersedes my depression. And that promise supersedes the discouragement and the burnout and the loneliness. That promise supersedes darkness. That promise goes past my nighttime. That promise is not contingent on my circumstances. It's contingent on the one who spoke it over my life. And that, that promise does not expire you know, because of my behavior, because of my seasons, because of my moods, because of my highs or my lows. It is coming from the unchanging word of God. There's someone in the room or watching online who has wanted to quit too. This random Mexican preacher just showed up on this pulpit on the Sabbath to simply remind you to hold on one more day. Just one more day. And you know, when we wake up tomorrow morning, we're going to do it again. Just one more day. And we're going to claim God's promises one more day. And we're going to cling to his hand one more day. And we're not going to be overwhelmed by the six months or the year ahead or maybe more waves of more pandemic. No, no, no. We are going to hold on to God's hand one more day. And that's how we will prevail. Amen. Now, now there's, there's one thing, and I'm out of your way. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm landing right here. There's something so fascinating here. Because in verse 26, watch, watch what it says. Verse 26 says, and then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you bless me. There's a condition here, right? God had promised blessings. God had promised that he would not leave him until he was blessed. Now Jacob saying, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. I'm not letting you go unless you bless me what does it mean what, what does that condition mean watch what Jacob's saying Jacob is telling God I'm not letting you go until you give me something I didn't originally have you see, I came in with just a little bit of strength. I came here with just a little bit of courage. I came here with just a little bit of faith. I'm not letting you go until I have more courage, until I have more boldness, until I have more faith, more strength, more maturity, more wisdom, more clarity. I will not let you go until you give me something I did not originally have. 
And that's where we must be, church. We need to hold on. And as we're holding on, say, God, 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 I'm expecting to be powerful. I'm expecting to be stronger. I'm expecting to be more wise. I'm expecting for this trial to lead me into deeper maturity. I'm expecting to remain more faithful after this. I'm expecting, I'm expecting blessings. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave the same way I showed up. No, no, no. I am holding on to the hand of the everlasting God. I'm not quitting here. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna be let go the same way I'm not leaving until you bless me I'm not leaving the same way I'm not going into my darkness coming out the same way no it's gonna be a brand new Manuel it's gonna be stronger Manuel it's gonna be a more powerful more courageous more bold I will not let you go unless you bless me Go back to the text. Go back to the text. Check out verse 30 with me. So Jacob, verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. I'll just missed it. Let me help you out. Never in the story does Jacob see his face. Never in the story does Jacob see his face. This is what hit me not too long ago, church. This entire time, I imagine a physical face but then I realized that the face of God was the struggle it was right there the space where you thought you were alone it was actually the face of God the space of darkness the face of God the the space of your greatest battle in the face of God now tell me I want you to think of the darkest season the darkest moment of your life remember how painful it was remember how lonely it felt remember how you thought How am I going to make it out of this on my own? Familia, you were never alone. It was always the face of God. I've been to the face of God. You've been to the face of God. We've been to the face of God. And as we become aware of the fact that in the darkest seasons of life, we are in God's face, doesn't that give us the courage and the strength to hold on one more day? Family, I believe in a church that can be a church of prevailers, a church of endurers, 
A church who white knuckles the hand of the Almighty, trusting that even though it may feel dark and lonely, we are always in God's presence. So wherever you may be, whatever season you may be going through, can I just encourage you? This is not a big, sophisticated message. It's one single point. Let's hold on one more day. You are in the face of God. God, thank you. Because even as we have come close to quitting, have we have come close to giving up, we are reminded of your promises. We are reminded of your faithfulness. Your promise is not contingent on where I stand. It's contingent on who you are. So God, even as we go into the dark and deep spaces of life, we pray that today you may create a new awareness that we are ever in your presence. And that because of that and because of your word over our lives, we can hold on and grapple and endure one day at a time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we say his name together? Jesus. If we believe in him, say his name one more time, Jesus. One more time. If we believe in him, say his name, Jesus. We praise your name today, Lord. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Amen.